Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here. Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. Former acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome to CPAC Now. I'm your host, Matt Whitaker. Uh, we have a great guest, Ambassador Carlos Sands. Hey, Matt. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's good to see you. Yeah, we talked yesterday, and um, as we were chatting, I just was like, I want her on my show because uh, you are such um, an amazing person. You were the ambassador to Denmark in the Trump administration. I was. Um, and so you saw uh, what I like to call Euro crazy. <laughs> I Why don't you did. talk a little bit about your, your time in Denmark and what you observed? Sure. So thanks for the question, first of all, Matt. It's great to see you and your beautiful family here at CPAC. Um, while I was in um, working as the U.S. ambassador, I was actually ambassador to Denmark, Greenland, and the Faroe Islands. Okay. So we had So Denmark. you were negotiating the deal to buy Greenland? Well, I might have been part of that. <laughs> so don't out me. Okay, um, well. So we had Denmark, part of Europe, part of NATO, and uh, part of the EU. And then we had Faroe Islands up in the GIUK gap near Scotland. And then we had Greenland, which is part of North America. It's actually part of our continent, and it's the world's largest island. It's one-third the size of the continental U.S., with about 55,000 people on it. So very few people, very big landmass, and way too close to the U.S. to be controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So that was part of my, my work. Okay. And um, were you able to visit the Faroe Islands in Greenland? Was that, did you have, did, is that a re or regular and ordinary travel schedule? Or I assume of you course. spent a lot of time in Denmark though, right? Of, of course, yeah. and also Washington, because you've got to get appropriations and work with the defense and with the, the State Department, the White House. We worked with Commerce, Interior, Energy Department getting things, good things done on behalf of the American people, representing every single American, no matter what their party is. And um, what we found was that um, there wasn't a lot of interest in securing the region until I told the story over and over and over like an evangelist. Yeah. And people began to get excited that there actually was a threat and that we could address it because it's much better to address it before something bad happens than after. And you can see an example in Solomon Islands now, US and UK naval ships are no longer welcome there. The Chinese Communist Party has locked that island chain up. And so we don't want that to happen around the world. We insist on open seas, freedom of navigation, and it's essential, not just for our defense, but for our US trade. Yeah, I know in my trips to Europe uh, when I was at the Department of Justice. In fact, I, I, I had a chance to go several, many interesting places and talk about many interesting issues, but we went to several um, EU-sponsored um, uh, law enforcement confabs, let's call them, but they were, I mean, they were serious bilaterals with the EU. Um, but we spent a lot of time, and especially in our in, uh, Minister of Justice meetings, uh, you know, bilaterals and the like, talking about uh, increasing, oftentimes, uh, NATO participation, getting to 2%. Oh, yeah. Um, talk, I think a lot of people hear that, and they actually think um, that it's like they write checks for 2% of their GDP 
to NATO, but that's not actually what we're asking them to do. It's not. So what we're asking them to do is contribute the three C's, cash, capabilities, and contributions. And if you look at these rich European countries, they really are acting like we're the sugar daddy. Like the U.S. is going to protect them and going to defend them, but NATO agreement is Article 5. We all come to the assistance if one of us is attacked, and it's ironclad. But Article 3 comes before Article 5. Article 3 says you can defend your own territory and come to the aid of others. And I challenge more than half of the EU countries. They cannot do that today. They, they took that peace dividend benefit when the Soviet Union fell and the Iron Curtain fell. We all gave less to our military. I mean, the UK military now is a fraction of what it was. So while I was working in Denmark, I kept asking the Danish government and military, look, even NATO says you're not ready, you're not buying the equipment you need, you're not recruiting the young men and women and training them that you need, and you're not contributing that battalion unit that NATO says they need from you, you're just simply not doing it. And you want all this from us, but you're not doing your part. And it's a two-way street. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And I did get them to plus up their defense budget but they still haven't gotten to 2%, and they don't have a plan until 2030. And I promise you, they're not gonna fulfill it unless somebody forces them to. President Trump got about, about $500 billion more to NATO because he said to them, pay up, or, and he had that little bit of a threat, <laughs> which maybe people in the US government didn't like. Yeah. Let me tell you something, these, these nations, they give free health care to their people, free college. They get a lot of free things that Americans don't get. Meanwhile, we're paying for their defense about 3.5% of our GDP. Yeah, and that was what was so obvious to me in these discussions is that they had used that dividend, the peace dividend, to invest in social programs uh, and taken it out of their NATO contribution or, or their defense readiness. And to your point, like Great Britain is in real trouble uh, on defense readiness and an ability to activate uh, any meaningful defense of NATO or of their own home country. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing that President Trump did really well was he also saw how, you know, we are we are being taken advantage of in trade. I mean, and again, trade links countries. And, and, and so I get why, but, but these European countries especially had, had turned these uh, to their advantage where, you know, we were having to pay all these, um, uh, tariffs uh, for you know exporting our goods, but they were taking advantage you know of of us importing their goods, and and Trump just said this. I I, I understand why this links us, but like yeah. you're taking so much advantage and protecting your industries and and disadvantaging our industries. And so, did you see uh, see how that manifested in Denmark, for example, or across Europe? Of course, it did. So look. The EU was very hateful about the trade issues when I would go and talk to them in Brussels. But when I would talk to the Danish businesses and governments, um, their insurance companies, pension funds, I would press them hard to invest in US, direct foreign investment, and to buy our products. And what we did is while I was ambassador, our trade, our exports to Denmark increased over 43%. We became the number one trading partner in several of the quarters, outpacing Germany, which is their absolute neighbor. They share a border. And so we were very successful with the trade. But I want to tell you a little example. Yeah. 
as ambassadors, we're allowed to try to help American companies get business if there's one company bidding on a product or some open tender from a foreign government. They needed their port scanners. So I advocated for this American company, the best, much better equipment than the other uh, equipment being offered. It was the best scanners. It was the best scanners. <laughs> okay, how come we didn't win that tender? The Chinese wrote the tender for the Danes and only the Chinese made equipment could fit yeah. uh, in the exact centimeters that it had to be, this equipment. So they blocked us because the Danes didn't write the, their own government tender, the Chinese yeah. person did. And so the Chinese equipment, which now is in about 98% of all of the, the European ports, Chinese made scanners, yeah. which another, Huge another opportunity. Risk exactly. So in the limited time we have left, I want to hear about what you're doing now. We're here at CPAC and you're enjoying uh, CPAC. You've participated uh, on the main stage. Talk to me about what you're up to now. Sure, so after I was ambassador, I ran for the Senate in Pennsylvania and I got ozzed. So, uh, and then- We all um, did. <laughs> now I'm vice chair uh, of the Center for Energy and the Environment at America First Policy Institute. And America First Policy Institute, which Matt is a big part of. I am of, the co-chair of the Center for Law and Justice. Yes, so we write policy that is literally talking right now to the current Congress and Senate about how we can build up America and bring back, for me, American energy dominance. And I think my initial effort is not just to start the conversation among adults about how essential American, not just fossil fuels, you know, our hydrocarbons are essential. They literally make up everything around me, including the background you're looking at and the chairs. But also we need nuclear and it's impossible to build a nuclear plant right now in the United States. So we need American energy dominance to come back and we can't just talk to adults, we have to talk to the kids. So talk to your middle schoolers, your high schoolers, college students, and then I'm writing a children's book so we have little kids learn. It's not just that we're, we're actually saving the planet by using a clean American fossil that. fuels or hydrocarbons. And so that's the good news story and we need to tell the kids the truth because a lot of the people around them are telling them a lie and it's they're brainwashing them and some children can't sleep at night because they're so terrified by these lies these gigantic lies that are part of i would say a green religion and being paid for by biden's green new deal funding All so right. that's what i'm working on perfect well ambassador carla sands thank, thank you, you so much for being here